Hello everyone and welcome to the ninth episode of podcast towards sustainable future. Climate action SDG 13 which has five targets calls upon taking urgent actions to combat climate change. Stockholm Resilience Center says climate change accounts for nine planetary boundaries which means if this threshold are crossed then there would be abrupt and irreversible environmental changes. It has also been evident that the summer polar ice caps has been melting and it is already irreversible after this cankerous consequences that we have been facing it is eminent to take actions and so one of the indispensable tools to combat climate change is you as the international saying goes if children are the future then youth is the present so to talk more about role of youth in combating climate change i have a special guest for you miss lokina tell how are you lokina Um thank you for having me. I'm very good. It's a pleasure to have you over here Lokina. Lokina is a climate activist from Switzerland. She has been part of various environmental projects. She has also been to World Economic Forum and she has organized a summit called SMART. It's such a fascinating bio Lokina. Can you talk us through your journey to climate activism? Um I started to be active in December 2018. So I've been to a first meeting with other young people from all over Switzerland and there we decided to start striking and back then I was you know I was aware of the climate issues but I was not that aware and I knew we had to do something but I was not entirely sure what exactly. Um and then Yeah yeah and then we were a group of active people who started to organize the strikes and just talking with people and understanding more and more the global issues we are facing nowadays just made me realize how necessary it is to to address this uh these issues and and so many things are at stake that we 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 have to so then I became more active and um yeah to the point that we organized uh, this uh, summit called the smile so it was uh, i was not alone to organize it of course and it was a huge um a summit where uh, many climate activists from all over europe came and we discussed for one week uh, what is the climate movement about what do we want to do how do we act how do we put pressure on the government and what, like how do we do climate activism basically but i think you know that climate activism is search um i think it has a bit changed also what is a climate activist because many people who became climate activists by then were not people who were normally really going to manifestation or being in this kind of political actions but it really brought a new a whole new range of of people who who started to to act and everyone can be a climate activist from the point you want to act and do something um, yeah That was a fascinating journey. Thank you so much Lokina for that. Uh I noticed that in various questions like it has been mentioned about climate activists what is the role of climate activists. Can you tell us what is your impression about climate activism? Um yes, so climate activism well, well just by the words like climate and activism so climate of course is all of the uh the climate on on the earth and then activism comes from act so taking action and acting 
and therefore climate activism is taking action for uh, the climate and as we know nowadays the climate is warming a lot and it's changing because of uh, human anthropocene emissions um so my or oh, how yeah, my understanding of, of, of climate activism. Well, maybe the first step, you know, uh, about climate activism is to to understand uh, on a huge scale what what it is about and get yourself informed and read some some stuff. And of course, it takes a lot of time and it's very complex as an issue, you know, because you need to understand how one system is going to impact another and another and this reaction chains. And, but there, there is a lot of science about it that you can find online. Um, so the first step is to inform yourself. But on the other hand, if you only inform yourself, then you also get sad because of everything you are learning. So it's also important to take action with people. And you can take action on an individual level, which is of course necessary too. Um, all the thing we hear, you know, eating less meat, uh, not using your car or this kind of stuff. But then it, ha it has to be that you also take action on a global scale because it's obviously an interconnected system which is working, which is not working then regarding the climate and that we have to change if we, if we want to adapt and, and uh, give a correct response to what we know uh, in the scientific field regarding the whole issue. So that's a bit how I would see how you can take the action first. And then, well, when you, when you meet some people who also want to take action, then you can think together, okay, what do we want to do? How do we want to get active? How do we go to the government and, uh, and ask them for action? How do we ourselves, you know, start to, to making this change and uh, starting the change that the government is not able to start at the moment and and have all of these uh, complementary actions taken at the same time because it's necessary that we have all of this um, energy coming and uh, moving everything around. Yeah, so that's that's what I I think when I think about climate activism and it's something which is absolutely open to everyone. Um, but then of course everyone that has the same possibility to get active because depending on where, where you are in the world, you might have other issues to think about first. So, um, yeah. You mentioned about actions taken on individual and global level. I think that is something which everyone should understand actions that we take on individual level and global level and emissions that are being uh, produced by both these levels. So in the introduction, as we mentioned that you have been to World Economic Forum's annual meeting, could you tell us more about World Economic Forum and few insights that you would like to share with us? Um, yes, so something which is very clear is that in the World Economic Forum, there is no uh, real change coming into sight. It's still discussions, you know, about climate action it's always you know um, setting some goals for the future like yeah we will be carbon neutral by 2045 and they have no plan for reaching that goal so it's just they they don't seem or from what i've seen they don't really feel the, the, the emergency or they don't grasp really what is at stake and well one one uh, panel that i've been watching was between a woman like uh, there were different people from on the panel, but one guy was from, um, I think it was an insurance company uh, from the EU or something like that. And a woman was uh, from Chad. And, you know, she was saying, there are people dying because of the droughts and 
because we don't have water resources anymore and uh, food supplies um, this kind of stuff you you know like really things that climate changes and the climate crisis is already doing people are already dying because of that and on the contrast uh, the other guy was saying you know with our company we might get carbon neutral by uh, 2045 and you could just see the huge contrast between global like there it was between global south and global north and and how like on one hand people are already dying because of climate crisis, the climate crisis and on the other hand people who could and have the power and the money to change are not changing so that was something i found interesting uh, but yeah i mean there is not nothing much more to say about the fef or but in the in the climate risk uh, in the no in the risk report of the vef you know the big uh, threat against humanity at the moment is the um non-climate action or climate action failure and uh yeah and another event i've been with uh, i've been to was um a, a minister was talking about the bushfires in australia and um and it was a whole discussion about the bushfires and then it came to the power uh coal power plant which is planned in australia and and there i was just amazed because he said something like yeah you know uh other countries need that uh, coal and like India need that coal and also it's going to be clean coal and that shows that they don't understand basic things at the carbon budget because it's not about having clean coal or not it's about how much we emit or we don't and um, depending on how much we emit if we want to have a, a safe pathway under like 1.5 or 2 degrees of global warming and of course it's not they are not radical in the sense of you know it's still some turnaround about all of these beautiful speeches and discourse but it's it's not taking into account the science as it is at the moment so that was a bit the observation i have from the vef and regarding the coal um the coal power plant project um yeah, there is also this new idea which which is coming up right now um which is the non-proliferation fossil fuel treaty uh, which is aiming to have this huge treaty um, with many people supporting it to reduce the production uh, of uh, fossil fuel and also to save, uh, well, to have a fast transition out of fossil fuel. Um, and uh, what is very important with the non-proliferation fossil fuel treaty is also that it puts um, equity at its center because there are some countries who are who have the capacity to uh, fund a just transition and uh, for whom it's more easy to go into that transition and there are some countries who cannot afford those transition because they have some um, they have some huge debts that they have to pay and for that they have to build up those uh, structures to get money to get to pay their fund uh, their debts basically so it really has to think on a global scale what are the possibilities of every country and how can we have a huge international cooperation for that because it's not by one country going out of fossil fuel that we are going to really reach on a global scale um, what we what we should aim for basically because i mean co2 is not stopping at the borders obviously as it's a gas um, and and yeah so the, the non-proliferation fossil fuel treaty is really uh, planning a phase out of fossil fuel and decarbonize uh, societies um, and the campaign will start in the next month and it's 
going to be more and more uh, coming in the public uh, attention. Uh, so yeah, that's something which is uh, which is very interesting, and it's also complementary to the Paris Agreement because the, the Paris Agreement is not mentioning the production of fossil fuel, but uh, the reducing of the emissions. So we also need that as um, as a complementary thing, uh, policy um, a mechanism for the Paris Agreement, because if we build all of the fossil fuel, um, well, oil, uh, gas, uh, power plant, basically until 2025, we are going to overpass the, the 1.5 degrees target by 120%, basically. So we are really going to miss the, the aim we, we have, and we are completely I think for a two degrees pathway, it's a bit less. It's uh, still some percent we missed the, the the Paris Agreement. Then you know we just uh, completely missed that. So it's it's very relevant and important that we also slow down the production and we keep the fossil fuel. I mean, you know, at the at the strike, we always say keep it in the ground, and it basically says on a very simple way what is the treaty about: keep it in the ground. Well, keep it in the ground, basically. Yeah. Those are some fascinating insights which you mentioned. And I would like to pick up on a few words you mentioned about Paris Agreement. You mentioned about decarbonizing the, decarbonizing the society. And you mentioned about various treaties that have been signed right now that are not come to public attention. So this seems to me something like youth knows more about this stuff. But since everyone is spread out globally, What's your take on how these ideas which are being spread globally could be collaborated together and discussed together at local as well as global, global level? Um, yes, it's always, we also feel sometimes that we are a bit close in the climate bubble because we are always talking about those topics which are not topics that people normally like talk about as the climate crisis is not really taken as a crisis. Well, it's not taken as a crisis uh, nowadays. Um, so then when you ask yourself, how can I, you know, how can we directly go to the people? One uh, way is to organize some uh, climate assemblies. So you, you can do it um, wherever you live, basically. You need a place to meet and a way to get in touch with the people living around and then like having an event. So inviting people to discuss. Uh, so either you can already like program everything you want to tell them or organizing a discussion basically is the most important, I think. Um, and this is a bit what we've tried to do um, since, so last year in Switzerland and then more and more uh, from, yeah, end of last year, basically. Um, so I can, I can talk about how, how I did it. So in my village, uh, I just invited people with flyers to come to the room in the middle of the village to talk about climate. And then they came and we had a whole discussion about, so 40 people came, which is pretty cool. I was not expecting that. Um, and I think there is interest about uh, the climate questions as people heard about the strikes and now it's something, you know, which is, in their head somewhere but so uh, we had this discussion on how the first question was you know how do we change the village basically because this is where you can start what is directly linked with people this is where they live this is how they do things so we had a discussion with that and um, 
interesting points uh, came. Uh, but also I realized that people are lacking of information because it's not something that media are reporting on. So for example, you know, they would propose solution like, yeah, we should go in the car, uh, like four people should use the car instead of one person just using the car. But it completely lacks of the understanding of that we shouldn't use any car anymore at the moment or very few, you know, because we have to reduce very like drastically the emissions. I mean, this is obviously not the only thing we have to do, but um, for one example. Um, so then uh, I thought, okay, for the next climate assembly, I will invite a scientist to talk directly about uh, the basic facts because I'm not an expert. So I will invite an expert to talk about, um, about that. And he came and he gave a presentation and explained to the people directly, okay, this is, this is what is the situation right now. This is the emissions. This is the carbon budget. These are the tipping points. These are uh, the ecosystems, how everything works. And so people could get this understanding and then relate it to them and what does that mean on their scale. Um, and yeah, and it's really engage, it's engaging this conversation between people to, uh, to take action too, because then they, th they think, okay, then we should do that, that and that. And then they have the power, they, they empower themselves to take those actions and, um, and really start doing what everyone should be doing, but without any sort of policies because they think themselves. I really believe that people, uh, when they think and have the, the right facts in mind can really do great. And we should really trust people because people are so much more resilient and, and intelligent that we, that politicians would think, I guess. Um, so, so yeah, this is a bit of co the concept of climate assemblies. And also we've got into that because when we came out of meetings with politicians, we are like completely disillusioned. <laughs> we are just, okay, they have no plan. They are just talking about things, but they actually don't know. And they even say stuff like, well, they, they said a lot of um, weird stuff, I would say. But um, we come out of these meetings and we're like, okay, we, are, we cannot count on politicians at the moment because they are not just in, they are absolutely not in control of the situation. So we start the change and the movement with the people directly because um, this is how you, you change also on a different level, not only in the institutions, but also in a, uh, in a more um, direct way. Um, and then we wanted to do a third climate assemblies, but then Corona came and we just couldn't meet basically. So. Now it has a bit uh, stopped, I would say, but it might start again and um, and develop. Yeah, so I think it's a it's a very and also you can confront confront yourself to the people because the people are actually the one who are uh, directly doing the things and living in society and have to get pay and have to pay the taxes which might come from env environmental things. So. And it cannot be that it's always the middle class or, or the people who are always paying for everything when they don't do that much damage actually compared to multinationals or um, or other um, companies basically. Uh, and maybe something more that I can say. Um, and also with uh, with people, I think you can really then also start to create this new uh, narrative in society, like because people actually are also willing, I feel, to construct something new because they see that it's not working as it is at the moment and um, and to build up this new sort of society we want and we need and what is sustainable but what is also sustainable for for the people living in this in those societies um, so so that and to to make them make people realize also about the climate justice principle 
because for example in switzerland we emit so much and the way we live is absolutely not sustainable on a global scale if everyone would live like us i think we would consume uh i don't remember the exact number but much more earth than what the earth is so it's yeah we absolutely need to think also um how more we can change fast because we have to it's a moral principle we have to follow because of how much we also already emitted compared to other countries who who might need to emit uh for just building some basic infrastructure like hospital or yeah Those were some amazing insights which you just mentioned, and I want to pick up on one thing which you mentioned about having a new narrative to the society and new narrative in the society. And I think this new narrative about sustainable society just shows how local systems are all coupled together and how they can form one big system and one massive change. And this massive change, in an environmental friendly way, could reduce the emissions and give our planet a healthy ecosystem. Speaking on that, I would like to ask you, uh, what would be your message to the youth right now? So my message to the youth or young people, I mean, I'm also 18, so I'm pretty young, um, would be, you know, we don't have, we don't have much exper experience. We haven't been doing that many things since we were born because we haven't been here since a long time. And we might be very ignorant on many topics and it's very important to recognize that because we are not, you know, experts. We are not, we don't have the whole solution to everything, of course. But what I would say is, um, we also have this uh, very advantage that when we think about something and we want to take action, we just do it because we think, you know, we don't see that many limits because we are not that much polluted by so many things that we might say, oh no, it's not going to work or, um, or oh no, we cannot do that because that policy is saying that and that. We do things in a very pure way and without any interest. We don't have any interest just for the sake of the future we want to have, just for the sake of, of we also, you know, want to have a safe future and, uh, and it's fair to ask it. And the previous generations are, at the moment are not um, giving us the, the right answer and neither giving us a safe future. So we have to demand and we have to, to, to take those actions for, for our own future and the future of all living species on the planet Earth, basically. So I would say trust yourself. Don't hesitate too much. You you have the capacity, the power, and uh, and it can take really that power to to act. And it's not because you don't have the right to vote that your opinions don't matter, and it's not because you are discriminated on a global scale because of your age that you cannot take part in uh, huge global um, uh, coordinated actions. And you you can really seek for for everything you can do. And just from the point that you are conscious and you have the will to do something then go for it because no one will uh, no one will like take your place for that and uh, we, we really absolutely need everyone and I also believe that children have many creative way of understanding the whole system and even though it's complex and even though adults make it complex I mean when you go to the VEF you don't really understand everything which is happening but it's fine you don't need to really understand all of this happening because a lot of a lot of it is also rubbish and very complicated stuff that people believe in but in the end don't make that much sense so just um 
empower empower yourself and empower other youth and empower your friends and empower everyone to 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 go change and and act thank you for your wonderful message to the youth lukina with this uh, we come to a segment of this episode, uh, podcast where we ask our guests to ask our next guest a question so i have a question for you from a previous guest miss rosio and she asks which schools be right place for children to learn to be a better human for future world and how will you call that class so i think the best class or school for children to learn um to be better human <laughs> that's a hard question but i think that uh when you are interacting with others you are learning so much if you are open if you come out of empathy and um and out of uh, and you're open minded you can learn huge amount of things by discussing with people of your age i mean people of any age really but people with of your age are going through most likely the same sort of thinking as you are um and i i wouldn't have a special name for that class but i think that everything you are doing by yourself uh, and which is self initiative and that you do um with uh that really comes out of your guts is uh what is also bringing you the most um so i just have the 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 smile in mind so the the summit we organized because we had no idea how to do that but we just throw ourselves in the experience and we're just completely opened and aligned with what we were doing and it was for the sake of of our generation to have this discussion about the climate and for the first time on a european level so well it was not the first time but um so yeah and then we learned so much we had no idea how to plan a whole summit but you end up by learning so i guess the thing which makes you really interested and regarding the the climate issues i think that you will learn sometimes you even learn thing without uh willing learning them but because you just end up watching a video on youtube or then you end up reading a report from the ipcc or whoever wrote that report or or then you end up having a discussion with your grandfather about emissions or something like that will always bring you so just just life in general i would say um and the name i think the name of the class could be something about interconnection because it has to be connected and an holistic approach to really understand uh the world at the moment because it's such a complex and and complex system in which we are living that um that that yeah i guess this is my answer on on how how you are like uh, something which might interest me and might work out for me won't work for someone else so it also depends how you like to learn and how you like to but be just be curious too because when you're curious and open minded you can get so many things and learn so much thank you lukina i would like to ask you what question would you like to ask to our next guest um 
so I think I can frame it a bit as a thinking experiment or uh, yeah so imagine you are in a you're in a building and in that building there are two rooms one room is uh, completely full of world leaders and the other room is completely full of the whole world population so eight billion people first you come in one room and you walk on the stage and you address the world leaders what would you say to them what is what how would you address them and then you walk out of that room and you go in the room with the eight billion people and what would you say to the global population that would be my question thank you looking up for such fascinating and thinkable question thank you so much i'm so and i'm sure along with me all our listeners are so looking forward to hear answer from our next guest with this we come to an end of this episode and i would like to express my gratitude to you lukina thank you for mentioning all the fascinating points and thank you for mentioning how important it is for youth to take action and one word which you mentioned which uh, which was about empowerment how you should empower yourself but at the same time you should empower others friends family and everyone around you so thank you for being here lukina thank you so so much for having me and i really hope that we can go and and change uh the world for the best to all together like okay it sounds very cheesy but we really have to and it's necessary so thank you so so much that's it for this episode when i come next time i'll bring another guest with me till then bye take care and stay safe